Oh, hey, and welcome to the Cock to Die podcast. I'm Gary. Today, I'm really excited to be talking with Jake, the big brain behind Mini Terrain Domain. But first, the news. Really, the biggest news is that today, October 20th, Curse of Strahd revamped launches. It includes a coffin-shaped box, a revised adventure rulebook, a Creatures of the Night supplement that describes all the monsters that appear, a new DM screen, a Taroka deck, and more. It promises to be the perfect way to spend your Halloween, particularly given the situation out there in the world. I'm really happy to be talking to Jake. He is, as some of you may know, my stream mentor, and everything I know about streaming and video production I've learned from him. He's the founder of Mini Terrain Domain. He's a producer, a DM, a player, and overall, he's my friend. I hope you enjoy my chat with Jake. Hey, Jake, thanks so much for joining me. Pleasure to be here. Uh, So my first question is the same question that I always ask people. What was your first experience with Dungeons & Dragons? Oh, man. Uh, with the the idea of Dungeons and Dragons or the property of Dungeons and Dragons, my first experience was the classic 80s cartoon. <laughs> right. That was a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, and almost immediately being told that it was an evil thing to watch by uh, my my aunt, who was a preacher's wife. And of course, we were at their house watching it but yeah <laughs> that was sort of my first experience to both dungeons and dragons and the uh, so-called satanic panic right um and i actually was i kind of stepped sideways into or stepped into D in the same way a lot of people do i think i was uh i was 19 and i worked in a toy department at a regional store called meyer uh sort of in the tri-state area um, big store in Michigan where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, myself and some colleagues, we picked up from our own toy department, uh, a game called hero quest. Yes. And we started playing that and it wasn't long before we were like, there's gotta be more. And one of the guys said, Oh, you want more? Let me introduce you to dungeons and dragons. And yeah, that was my first experience with, with actually playing, uh, true D and D, which would have been, uh, I believe that would might have been first edition that we were playing. Let me introduce you to Dungeons and Dragons. Don don don. Yep. <laughs> who would have Who would have thought that that fateful decision to pick up Hero Quest off Meyer's shelf would have uh, given such direction to your life going forward? Right. <laughs> Do you have any memories of your first D and D game? Honestly. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what character I played. Um, What I remember was the guy, his name was Jason, who was playing our uh, dungeon master and setting us up in the classic, you meet in a tavern. And I know one of the guys was, who had played before was, was playing the, um, the stereotypical drow ranger that I would later learn was because of R.A. Salvatore's books. Right. Um, and uh, I remember him describing this NPC coming from the upstairs of the tavern to the downstairs. And he rolled some dice 
that I would later learn he was rolling a dexterity check for this clumsy character and the character failed. And I just remember him describing this as you see him take a step and he misses it. And then he just goes into character and he's like, Oh, boo, boo, ow. Ooh, ah, oh, that didn't hurt. Ooh, ah, that didn't hurt. Boom. That hurt. And that was my introduction to both the, the, the in-game world and just this whole idea, this whole concept of role play. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that sounds like a, an amazing way to start. If somebody's able to, if somebody's able to bring you so readily into the world and you still have that memory, even today, I, I think uh, Jason did a fine job introducing you into the game, considering you're still so active. And that was 30 years ago. I was just thinking about that. That was almost exactly 30 years ago. Yeah, I, I've told this story about how I started um, my cousin uh, when I was seven. Um, and the main thing that I remember is not understanding, because I was only seven, the difference between the words dispel and detect. I kept trying to dispel <laughs> magic when I wanted to detect it. It's like, what do you mean you don't want to? Um, <laughs> so... Obviously, as, as most of my listeners will know, you're the driving force behind Mini Terrain Domain, and you've developed a very active community over the years. When you first started uh, MTD, what were, you hope, what were your hopes for it? I started MTD uh, as a, actually as a crafting channel, uh, which is why it's called Mini Terrain Domain. Um, fun fact, only a few people know this. The channel was almost called Terraform and Norman. Because uh, my last name is Norman. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And for the longest time, that uh, Google account kept showing up. It took me forever to get rid of it. Um, but it started because I, for my own home games that I had sort of started up again uh, with the, when when 5th edition was in playtest as D&D Next, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to give my players an experience of having just treasure chests or miniatures and things like that on a battle mat. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't, I just couldn't afford Dwarven Forge tiles. And, yeah. and uh, I started doing some Googling and found out there was a whole community of people that were, were crafting and there were people that were teaching people how to craft stuff. And I was a part of a Facebook group called the tape uh, or excuse me, that was called the, uh, at the time, it was called DM Scotty's Crafts and Things. Okay. Um, it is now called the Tabletop Crafters Guild. Um, and in that group, I had shared some pictures of a home homemade spider I had made out of toothpicks and insulation foam. And people started asking for a tutorial on how to do it. And I remember this buddy of mine, Nelson, on the on the group said, listen, dude, if you don't make this video, I'm going to do it. And so I had to throw this tutorial together. And that video is still one of the first videos on my channel. There's a couple little test videos that are up there. But that is the first official mini terrain domain tutorial video on my channel. And this November, uh, that will actually be six years since wow. I posted that first video. And, and that was sort of the impetus of the channel was that it would be a crafting channel. It did not take long for it to become a streaming D&D &D live play experience. 
Right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you how D and D how MTD has changed over the years, but I think that the fact that it started out with just crafting and now you do you still do crafting and miniatures painting, but you do lots of live live play um, answers that question pretty well. But I'd like to know: Is there anything that uh, Mini Terrain Domain doesn't currently do that you'd like for it to grow into? There are there are things that I would like to see the channel become that are sort of on the you hear hear this term in software development a lot uh, the roadmap. Um, and I think it's a fair analogy to use with, when you're talking D and D, you're looking at the, the, the road ahead, you know, what is, what adventures lie ahead. And a lot of this has been just doing what we wanted to do, um, which is just run D and D the way we want to run it and be genuine with people, not necessarily put on a sh put on a show that has a separation between us and the audience. We interact with our audience during our games. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, that's kind of what it sort of built up to be. And then we started thinking, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to have more shows. Uh, of course, you know, we're limited by uh, myself and, and uh, my now partner first time, that I brought somebody into mini terrain domain officially was this mm -hmm. year. Um, we both work full-time day jobs. Yeah. So we do all of this in our quote unquote free time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that's, you know, that's a finite resource. Uh, and we're playing with a lot of people that are also under those same uh, limited resources. Mm -hmm. um, but I would really like to have more shows that are run by other people. Um, I have somebody that runs a game on Friday nights, a long-running Curse of Strahd game. Uh, he has his own players. He runs it as a Mini Terrain Domain Presents mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's his show to run how he wants in that time slot. Um, we've got ideas for podcasts. Um, we've, we've, we're sort of soft relaunching our painting stream. Right. Um, and... Uh, we'd like to start bringing more of the uh, sort of generalized nerddom um, into that. But I, I think the the uh, sort of, uh, if you had to pin me down to, to one specific answer, I have, I feel like I'm, one of the goals that I'm striving for with Mini Terrain Domain is, I like the model of the multi-channel network mm -hmm. where... I can use what I've learned over the years of running, playing, and now almost three years of streaming and streaming production to help others and bring them in sort of under the mini terrain domain uh, umbrella and mm -hmm. be able to give them the tools to run shows that are sort of, uh, they get the support of my knowledge and expertise. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, in the same way you have channels, you know, YouTube's had that model of multi-channel networks for ages. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more built around the community of all of these shared um, players and fans that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's one thing that we've seen for sure is that when we're streaming on Sunday nights, so um, we get a, a number of your community members joining us and, and that's, and that's really been great over on the talent and claw Twitch channel. So you kind of, 
you kind of segued naturally into my next question. It's almost like you're, you're seeing what I have written down for you. But the, the preface is you're a player, a DM, a producer, you're a leader in the gaming and not-for-profit space, and you're a vet. How do you find the time to fit everything you do in? That's a great question. <laughs> I'm getting better at managing my time. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, one of the things that helps me the most is I am a very improvisational person. Right. Um, and I don't mean that just in terms of theater and as a DM style. I mean that as in I can just be prepared to do things at a moment's notice. Right. Um, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, we need you to give a presentation in front of 10,000 people. You have two hours to come up with a topic and uh, it's just going to be you up there. I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing if they said you have to go and talk to one person um, and you have to teach them a thing, you know, something that I know, whatever. I'm okay with that kind of stuff and not really having a game plan because I trust in my own knowledge um, and the things I've learned. Uh, that's not to say I don't do research and I'm not constantly learning how to do things and teaching myself new, new things. Mm-hmm. But my DM style is highly improvisational. I've I've run. We recently finished a three-year Tomb of Annihilation campaign. Yeah. Um, we ran. We estimate somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 hours over three years. It was a right around 70 episodes. Wow. And I never took a single note during the entire campaign. Oh, wow. And I was able to weave in character backstories and have things that came up three years ago in a character's backstory pay off in the final episode mm-hmm. because I remember these things. Right. I, it's, and I do put a lot of my players to remember things um, and sort of through their gameplay remind me of things. So by not having to spend a lot of time and, and, for, I want to I sort of uh, uh, put an asterisk nest to this that I'm, I'm in no way saying there's anything wrong with the people that spend hours prepping. Um, I, that's just not something that I do. Mm-hmm. But because I don't spend hours prepping, I have that extra time that if I have a game at 8.30, I get done with work at 5, I've got three hours that I can spend with my family. I can take care of chores around the house take a power nap, whatever I want to do in there before I'm ready to go for the next game. That said, you know, there, there are times where I try to make sure, Hey, let's, let's take, we just wrapped our fourth season of our Dawnbringers campaign, our regular Thursday night campaign. And we're, we just flat out two weeks off. We're not running anything. Nice. Um, And we build that in between each uh, season to give all of us a chance to just sort of recharge for a couple of weeks. And then we sort of ease into it. We run a one shot and then we'll run start running the regular campaign again. Um, so it's building in those breaks as well mm-hmm. and not being afraid to, you know, to take time off. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, my, yeah, my style is, is very much, um, I don't, I, I'm ready for anything, but I do like, having the story beats in place that I want to hit and, and how the players get there is sort of is, is up to them. Like, 
for Quest for the Cure, when I was writing it, I sort of went into it knowing what the story was going to be. And I'm like, okay, well, I want them to go here and I want them to go here. But then sort of everything that happened in between was, was, was up to them. Because right. if it wasn't, what's the point? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so as some of my listeners will know, uh, you're actually my streaming mentor. Everything I know you taught me very, very patiently over many direct messages <laughs> on Twitter. But so we talked a little bit about how many terrain domain has changed. It started as a uh, terrain uh, terrain. Uh, tutorial, uh, but you're now more doing live play. What made you decide to begin producing gaming streams? How did you take the the channel from one to the next? I don't know that it was a conscious decision. I think it just sort of evolved. Um, I started running streams on my channel about, I want to say five years ago. So about a year after the channel was formed, I was a part of a couple of groups, Facebook groups where people would, you'd post an interest post and you'd say, I'm looking for five people. Here's the day, here's the time. And it was almost always one shots. Right. Um, I actually, when I ran Tomb of Annihilation three years ago, when I started that one, that was actually my first ever campaign that I ran. Oh, really? Because I had always run one shots. Um, there's a couple technicalities in there. You could technically say that my original home group was a campaign. It was just a series of one shots strung together. Um, and I, so I started running these games um, after I had been watching a few of them and I got to know who some of the, some of the different people in the community are, which I should say some of those first people that I played with are some of the people I play with today and are some of my best friends. Right. Um, yeah. Five years later. Um, and we used to run games on the old, uh, uh, Google Hangouts or what was called Hangouts Live because right. you could schedule an event. And then when you went live, it went live on your channel. It was sort of this forced, whoever was talking, that's who you saw. And I started there making overlays because I wanted the presentation to not look like a just a hangout or a meeting. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to look like if you're watching this, you know, oh, they're playing this game. But that meant that every person had to have an overlay. And the format was you'd have sort of like character art on the left and you'd have information on the bottom. And then uh, it would change as each person talked, that kind of right, thing. Right, right. Uh, over time, as I sort of stepped into the Twitch environment, um, I just realized I wasn't happy with these very plain presentations. So I was always redesigning an overlay, figuring out new ways to put players together, um, figuring out new styles. I was at that time, I was figuring out what my style was um, right. in terms of graphic design and, and creating overlays and things like that. So, and in the meantime, I'm also watching a lot of videos, uh, other streams, tutorials, and learning how to do these things so that eventually I sort of settled on this style. Uh, and by then I had already run a couple hundred one shots and campaign games yeah. 
and could actually go back over that three-year campaign. And you could see that Doom of Annihilation, I think, had seven or eight overlay styles oh, wow. uh, before by the, by the end of that campaign, you can see where I settled into what would become a fairly signature uh, mini terrain domain style. If you, you'll see each game has its own feel. There's it's very specific music choices, color choices, design choices. But if you strip all of that away and you look at the generalized, look at it as a series of scenes and sources and things like that, you'll, you'll start to see, Oh, there's, there's a, a process there. Um, and that was, a, that was an evolutionary process. So there was never a conscious decision to say, well, I'm done with terrain. I'm only doing uh, streaming now because I've never given up terrain. I still, right. I still do, do tutorial videos. I do painting videos. Um, we do reviews, uh, product reviews and things like that now too. Very cool. Yeah. I, um, I, I wondered how, how you, how you make the jump from that. And, and cause there's, there's people that I've spoken to before. I know J Jason from Realmsmith didn't start out similar to you. Didn't start out with the plan to do a stream. And now the, the stream is very much a part of the Realmsmith brand. Mm -hmm. So it's, and you're well known as a producer. So um, segue into um, if somebody wanted to start streaming a tabletop RPG and you could only give them a single piece of advice before starting, what would it be? Go to my channel and watch my tutorial. <laughs> okay. Well, I that's, was hoping it would be a bit broader, but I mean, that's no, what, that's no, how I started. That's, uh, that's sort of my tongue in cheek answer. Yeah, because yeah. As you know, that's the first thing I tell somebody Yeah, because uh, I do often get people asking me, mm -hmm. um, Hey, can I pick your brain or Hey. Um, and it's, it's like how you and I met it's through Jasper's game day usually. Yeah. Um, so it's people that I've, I've bumped into as a producer um, and then have seen my work and, and, eventually I created that tutorial video. So that's why I point people there. Yeah. Um, I think the, the best advice I could give anybody is to do what I did, which is um, to uh, just start doing it with what you have. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to, if you're waiting until you can afford thousands of dollars in audio and video equipment, you're going to probably waste your money um, on buying the wrong equipment or uh, not getting stuff you don't know what to do with. Um, there have been people that have been successful that have bought a bunch of equipment and sort of built things up from there, but you got to figure out what you, what it is you're going to do and what it's going to be before you can start purchasing things. Um, I've been streaming for three years and I still have equipment <laughs> that's on my wish list. Uh, because my first, those first Tomb of Annihilation streams, if you go back and watch them, we were using Skype. I was using a HP computer that was meant for doing spreadsheets and <laughs> Outlook. Yeah. So our first couple of VODs are audio only because the stream, it just couldn't handle it. The, the images kept freezing, right. but the audio always sounded good. Um, well, relatively good. I should say you could hear us, uh, over time, I would upgrade my audio equipment and, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I actually just came across this today. Um, 
as a piece of advice and it's going to sound really weird coming from me for those who know me it came from will smith on tiktok um and it i don't even know if it's a will smith quote but it was just this cool little video that he's he put up and it said if you're scared to do a thing just do it scared and uh, it's like (laughs) when you break it down it's just a really brilliant piece of advice uh, I know so many people that get nervous before running a game of D and D or even playing. And once they get, they almost all tell me that once they get going within five minutes, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's that before you turn on the camera, before you do the introductions or whatever. Um, so just knowing that I think kind of couples with that, just do it. If it's something you want, and this is true of anything, if it's a thing you want to do, pursue it. You're not going to get anywhere wishing that you could do the thing or seeing where other people are and saying, well, I'll never be uh, what they are or comparing yourselves to them. You won't know if you don't start doing the thing. Yeah. So that's, that's my piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's so easy for people to get inside their heads and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm never going to be a streamer. Well, you're never going to be a streamer if you never try. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, coupled with you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take a quote by Wayne Gretzky is it's, it's true. I mean, it's coupled with the, if you're scared of something, do it scared. I think those two quotes are about as inspirational as you can be to sort of go out and grab life by the scruff of the neck and, and sort of just do it. Right. I used to think when I was a teenager, I used to think I could never make it through basic training in the military. And then I joined and then I did. (laughs) And then I did make it through it. And then I made it through four years in the army. So uh, yeah, you'll never know if you, whether or not you can do a thing until you at least try it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, you've, picked my brain on the the next question I wanted to ask you. So we met last spring during Jasper's game week. I was uh, one of, one of the players, very fortunate to participate in my friend Amy's game. And uh, for those who don't know, Jasper's game day raises awareness and funds for suicide prevention and the destigmatization of mental health. How did you become involved in this amazing organization? Because you're, you're quite heavily involved. So. I sort of, I found out about it originally after their inaugural event in uh, 2018. Um, And it was because I was following Satine Phoenix on social media Mm -hmm. and she happened to post on, I think it was a, a Sunday afternoon or something about, Hey, just got back from Michigan uh, where we did this Jasper's game day and it was great. And I was like, what? You were in Michigan. I, I said this to myself. I didn't yeah. know Satine then. Right. Right. But, uh, and so I was looking into it and I'm like, why was she in Michigan? And literally an hour from my house. Oh, wow. And so I looked into it and that's when I, I found out who Fenway was and what Jasper's game day was. And then I was like, wait a minute. So this is a con at a local game store an hour from home. And it's about raising awareness for teen suicide. I thought this is, this is definitely something I could give behind. And I thought, well, I'll start looking into some stuff and maybe I'll, I'll put together a 
24 hour stream. That's what a lot of streamers do. Like, Hey, we'll do a 24 hour stream. I'll get some of my friends together. We'll play D and D and we'll raise a few hundred bucks and uh, we'll donate it to, to Jasper's game day. Mm -hmm. And then there was somebody that was involved with us at the time. I'd played a few games with uh, that had some connections in the industry and started reaching out to people and saying, Hey, we can get so-and-so and Hey, this person, some of them fell through, but, mm-hmm. um, and then I got in touch with Fenway directly and I just said, Hey, I'm really interested in, in doing this for you guys. And, and I've never partnered with a charity before. How do I go about doing that? And before I knew it, Fenway and her dad, Aaron had come alongside mini terrain domain and anytime Fenway talked to any sponsors about getting uh, dice trays, dice, uh, any kind of product giveaways, she always got two, one for their in-person event and one for the streaming event. And we timed it so that the in-person event happened on a Saturday. I went, I went there as a special guest. I ran a game. Um, and then the next day I was going to start doing this. It was a, because of the number of DMs and players that had gotten involved, we wound up doing five days uh, for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And we raised, I think we raised just over $5,000 that first year. Wow. Um, and we were able to get uh, quite a few people involved with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that weekend we raised over $20,000 because of the in-person event I had built as part of my terrain stuff. I occasionally do dice tower commissions. Okay. I had built a custom dice tower that we auctioned off and it went for $1,200. Oh, and wow. that actually brought the in-person event total to uh, 12,000. Um, and so again, it's one of those things where I wanted to do something that was like, Oh, I'm just going to do this little thing. And it became a big thing. Yeah. And then after that, it was never a question of if we were going to do it, it was when are we going to do it and how are we going to do it? Yeah. And as you know, from being involved because of the, the whole COVID-19 pandemic and everything, uh, Jasper's was in May. A lot of things were, were in the early stages of being canceled. Every convention was being canceled. Yeah. Personal appearances. And so all of these people that would have appeared at Jasper's events Fenway just said, hey, we're doing a stream week. Todd Stashwick, Matthew Lillard, uh, Chris Perkins, uh, Anna Prosser, you know, all these people that were going to do other things. Do you want to instead come to our game week? And so in our second year of doing the game week, we raised over $35,000. Yeah. And it just feels like mini terrain domain has at this point it just feels like we've always been a part of jaspers we promote them on our channel going on uh this this is our third year promoting them before Mm -hmm. every stream we have direct donation links i partnered with initiative coffee company they have a thing called help action um and we have a coffee roast called metadad which is sort of like if you sound out MTD and it's kind of the, the way we end our shows and stuff. Uh, it was an in joke that became an outward joke that nobody fully understands, but it's now a brand of coffee that you can buy. And for every 12 ounce bag that you purchase, $3 of that goes directly to Jasper's game day as wow. part of their help action. So, so yeah, this is just something that as Jasper's grows, uh, we continue to 
work with them. And uh, the Jasper's Game Week is now the official May event uh, with the Jasper's Con having, uh, as you know, moved to August yeah. um, as a result of pandemic, but also the popularity of Jasper's Game Week. Yeah, no, and that and that's great. I'm, you know, hoping to have the opportunity to participate again uh, in 2021. And I know that uh, we have something exciting to announce at some point related to Jaspers, but now is not the time to do that. So <laughs> very excited to very excited to share more Jaspers news. But uh, I'm definitely on board to to help out you and Fenway and however whoever I can. So the last question, and this is this might be the most difficult question I've asked you so far. So I hope you're ready. Um, how many times are you going to blow yourself up on Sunday night during the talent and thought talent and claw Twitch channel, sea of thieves stream? You know, I've really dropped the ball, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, the last few weeks. Um, I sort of came into this stream just building that, that reputation as being the sort of junk rat, of the, <laughs> of the 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 fail boat crew and i think it's been a good uh three four weeks since i've blown up in fact i was the only one that didn't blow up in our last stream yep. when when something like 20 powder kegs went off yeah um the content barrels i think i think i'm gonna have to be a little bit more deliberate um in the same way that certain crew members are very deliberate about constantly launching my dog out of a cannon um, on the ship. Wow, that seems um, weird. It's, it's, it is weird because I never see it. I only ever hear the cannon shot and my dog uh, yelling out as it arcs across the sky. Yeah. Um, you know, I guaranteed during the charity event that I would deliberately blow us up three times and then it never happened. I know. So I think I'm going to have to pay back for that. Uh, so between you and I, there will be at least three deliberate explosions. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because what I have written down here on my paper says even money's three. So, <laughs> Jake, thanks so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jake. Look forward to chatting with you next Tuesday, and remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count.